wanted to start this podcast to share hunting stories of my experiences and what I've done over the years. There's so much more that is involved in hunting than just pulling the trigger and killing an animal. We want to be inspirational, educational, but we also want to have a good time and teach you how to have a good time as well. And on this episode, we're going to be talking about Axis Deer. I couldn't think of a better person to bring on than Trey Rigby. He is an Axis addict. We eat a lot of venison, like a lot in our family. I like to shoot shoulders. I like a good center shoulder shot, especially on a bigger animal like an Axis Deer. Some other meats that will rival it, like Neil Guy, Oryx, but I've heard that Axis Deer is as good as any other compared to whitetail, wild hog, ducks, anything like that. When my wife is begging me to go shoot more Axis deer because we're out of steaks, you know they're dang good. Welcome to Hunting Day with Stephen Robbins. Now for your host, Stephen Robbins. All right, guys and gals, welcome back to another episode of Hunting Day. And on this episode, we're going to be talking about one of my favorite animals to hunt, and that's the Axis deer. And most people will hunt those either in Texas, Hawaii, or possibly Australia and even uh, their home country of India. And I couldn't think of a better person to bring on than Trey Rigby. And Trey is, he's an Axis fanatic. And uh, actually he is an Axis addict. And uh, you all may know him from Instagram as a, um, as Axis addict. So Trey, I really appreciate you coming on today. Hey, I appreciate the opportunity. Thanks, Stephen. Trey, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do and, you know, ultimately tell us how you got into hunting axis deer. You bet. So, yeah, I'm Trey Rigby. Um, I sell promotional items for a living. I've done done that for over 20 years now. Uh, I'm a husband. Uh, I am a father of two. I'm a Jesus lover, uh, outdoor uh, freak. I love being outdoors. I love hunting and fishing and getting dirty and playing with the kids and just uh, just watching us uh, thrive out, outside, just anything outdoors. But yeah, especially the hunting thing, the, the older I've gotten, the more I've appreciated that. And that uh, that that uh, growth has evolved a lot over the years. So yeah, it just seems to be I'm more and more drawn to whitetails and axis deer uh, specifically. And then basically anything else, we hunt a lot of hogs and waterfowl and all that kinds of stuff too. So that's awesome. So you, you're native to Texas. You grew up in the Houston area. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. I grew up outside of Houston in the Tomball area, uh, actually Pinehurst, which is a suburb of Tomball, which is a suburb of Houston. <laughs> so, and, and we've got a family ranch not far from there as well in Grimes County. So that's, uh, that's, it doesn't, unfortunately didn't have any access on it, but we've got some whitetails and hogs that we chase around a lot. And we've got a place out there and that's a family place. It's been in our family for I don't know, 50, 60 years, something like that. So yeah, it, it's fun to have, have our own little place to play around on. That's so awesome. Texas has had access to here for a long time. I don't know specifically how long, maybe, maybe you do, but uh, how did you get into hunting them? How did I get into hunting them? Um, well, I, so I was probably, I don't know, in my maybe late twenties, early thirties, um, and I just remember thinking, you know, I haven't killed an access deer in a while or I, I actually ever at that point. Um, and I, I thought, you know, that'd be kind of fun to go chase. And then lo and behold, um, the first one I actually shot, it, as luck would have it, was on our personal property because I guess it had gotten out somewhere, at a lo- you know, one of the local ranches somewhere. And I was just I was ac- actually out going hog hunting with my bow and I was going to check a food plot and 
there was an axis deer out in the middle of our field, just like chilling out in some shade. And I thought, what in the heck? I thought it was like some kind of desert oasis or something. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. So anyway, I ended up chasing that, that deer that afternoon. Instead, I ended up getting our 22, 250 that that was the only rifle on the ranch at the time and ended up putting them in the cooler that day, which was, which is amazing. And after that, I just thought, man, I, I, I gotta, I gotta learn more about these. And it wasn't, but a few years later, I started uh, really wanting to get interested, getting interested in chasing them in the, in the hill country. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of when that, that all started. So. That's so awesome. So what, um, what's your favorite area of the hill country to chase them in, or do you have a favorite? Man. So I've, I've been, I'm trying to think here. That's, that's a good question. Cause it's all good. Um, I, if I had to pick one at this point, I'd probably say rock Springs. That's where I went last year. Um, it is just gamey. I mean, man, it's, I mean, cause you've been out there, right? You turkey hunted out there. Yeah. Yes, I have. Oh, uh, it's, it's one of those areas that you like, you go out there and you're like, nothing's going to be here. But then you sit down and you, you just, you know, you watch a feeder or you watch a, you know, a watering area and, the amount of life that that area supports blows me away because it's nothing there. I mean, they call it rock springs because there's a lot of rocks. Yep. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. It's a lot of, a lot of scrub brush, a lot of cactus, a lot of rocks and a lot of snakes. And you think where, where the heck are the animals? But yeah. They're there, buddy. It's amazing. They just appear like, like a vapor. It's crazy. But yeah, I actually asked me in about three days cause I'm going to Sonora in three days for the first time. So I may have a whole different, whole different set of stories for you after after this coming weekend yeah so, i saw and that's just right next door to rock spring so i'm assuming it's probably you know terrain wise it's got to be pretty close yeah man that's so awesome i saw that on instagram how you're getting ready to go and uh you're actually going to take the 300 prc right yep that's right yeah that's my newest addition i've got three rifles from one of my best customers is alamo precision rifles um where they're i'm pretty close to those guys and they make it insanely accurate good quality rifles and um i've got a 6.5 creedmoor i built a few years ago with them a 6.5 prc which has killed a couple actually three or four axis with that deer or with with that rifle and then uh this 300 prc i really wanted something to kind of fill in that top end of the of the gun safe to if i ever go on a nail, nail guy hunt or you know maybe get blessed with an elk hunt one day or something i've got something that i feel fully confident in but that's what i'm taking and i have no doubt it'll do the job Dude, that's awesome. That is awesome. What green bullet are you going to be shooting out of that? That one. So that that's a good question too. So I, I've had that gun since October of last year. So about six or seven months now, I guess. And I've been shooting the 212 ELDX up until uh, just a few weeks ago. I scored a few boxes of the 190 CX, the all copper monolithic bullets. And I've really wanted, I've always shot lead core bullets my whole life. Um, you know, well, and, and archery equipment too, but that's a different conversation too. But yeah, the the uh, the leg four bullets have always done great. Um, but I've really wanted to try out some monolithic bullets just to see what the what the fuss is about. I hear a lot about them and the, the deep penetration and the good performance, and yeah. especially closer ranges, like you know, within 200, 300 yards on a good magnum cartridge. I think they ought to be right on the money of what I'm kind of looking for. So I'm I'm going to try those out this trip, and and I'll be happy to report back to you. So. Definitely do. I uh, I became a huge fan of Fort Scott Munitions. They've got a uh, solid copper, um, and it's a copper spun bullet, and 
they're they guarantee it'll tumble upon impact and we shot a few hogs with it out of my 308 and i'm telling you it was pretty devastating and i'm i've got 300 prc i got that in the christensen arms mesa fft here recently and uh i've been loading up on uh the 212 eldx so i'm definitely curious to see how these 190s do because we're actually you you mentioned neil guy hunting we're going to be on a neil guy hunt in south texas in october so if this monolithic uh bullet does really good for you um let me know because i might make that tri- that switch myself you bet yeah I'll, I'll i'll give you a report either way i haven't shot anything with the eldx yet uh with with the 212 eldx i've used the 143 in my creedmoor and my 65 prc and they, they've been great bullets yeah. man you, you hear a lot of mixed reviews on just about everything and the more popular something is like the eldx the more mixed reviews you tend to get people love to hate it seems like a lot of times but man that that bullet's never failed me it's been good so That's um, but yeah i kind of i kind of like the idea we, we eat a lot of venison like a lot in our family and um yeah, i kind of like the idea i like to shoot shoulders and like like we talked about a little bit i like to i like a good center shoulder shot especially on a bigger animal like an axis deer and um you know that when you do that you have a lot more resistance against that bullet and it yep. tends to fragment a little bit more and um uh, there have been a few times where i had to pick pieces of lead out of my meat as i'm eating a burger or something like that which which you know, doesn't bother me too much but at the same time i you know if, if i can keep that out of the meat from, for the kiddos and stuff it's a little little nicer thought so we'll, we'll see i may ch- totally change my mind and switch right back to the eldx I, I don't know yeah we'll see after this trip hopefully that's awesome no the uh the eldx like i've had really good luck with it i'm sharing with you that uh I killed my first axis with the 300 wind mag and I shot them with the 200 grain ELDX and both of the axis that I've killed, I've killed with that gun. And, uh, I mean, that's that gun and that, that, that round, that ELDX 200 grain bullet. I mean, it, it packs a punch. And so I got real excited when I saw the 300 PRC, I got really excited for the seven MM PRC also. I mean, just something about a, 180 green bullet flying at 3000 feet per second. That's, that's pretty awesome. So, um, but the 300 PRC is going to be my nail guy gun when we go down there. And so I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing how your bullets perform for you. So definitely keep me updated on that. Yeah, I sure will. In fact, I asked whenever, when I first started kind of shopping for ammo, when I bought that, that gun or had it built, um, I asked some guys that are more experienced. I've never killed a Neil guy personally, but um, I've got some buddies that are way more experienced in that area than I am and asked them their opinion on that gun, that bullet, that cartridge for a Neil guy. And they said, man, it, it works like a charm. I mean, they know from experience. They've used the LDX 212s um, on shoulder shots, behind the shoulder shots on Neil guy and really big, tough animals like that Oryx and some other things. And they, they say they, they, you, you'll have zero issues. So yep. I, I trust their judgment, you know. I have an Oryx in my studio, and that was killed with the 300 wind mag, that 200 grain ELDX. So, and that was a one shot, and he ran about 25 yards and fell over. We actually have that video on our YouTube channel. So if anybody wants to see it, go check that out. But um, that was, I was trying to kill an Oryx with a spear, and I hunted for days. And, uh, I shared this story in the past and uh but like i hunted for days and on the final day i, I ended up throwing my spear and missing 
would um would have been a really cool bull because he was broken off and like just you know an old battle you know bull and uh so i got frustrated and i I called april she was back at the lodge and i'm like bring me my rifle (laughs) so and uh, i went out and put the stock on this guy and uh and now he's hanging out in my studio so um yeah i can't talk enough about those bullets i mean they're really good bullets but uh Let's shift gears here because as far as like Axis deer goes, you're headed to Sonora. And personally, I didn't even know that there were Axis deer down there. I mean, I know it's pretty close to Rock Springs, but um, that's really cool. I, I, I know some guys, some outfits down there, and uh, it's uh, that's going to open up some opportunities for us because I normally hunt either like Comfort Area Kerrville, Fredericksburg, or even I used to hunt in Rock Springs with another outfitter, but uh, I did recently go out to Ozona. My buddy Dallas has Whiskey Willow Ranch out there. It's a high fence ranch, and we bought a bunch of axes and put out there, and we're seeing how we're really seeing the effects of what rain what type of role rain plays and just overall herd uh development growth and it's been tough out there and uh but axis are pretty hardy animals that's for sure because they're still growing and you know it's uh ozona it's it's almost like the desert on at least that's what it feels like to me because every time we're out there it's real dusty and the wind's constantly blowing but it still has a beauty all to its own but uh where um i guess you would know a lot more about this than i do because you are you know you your passion is access deer um where all are they currently free ranging in texas well the last time i looked up a study there are 92 counties in texas that have some sort of population of access deer now i, I i'm assuming that that 92 counties isn't because uh, the, the hill country is not 92 counties and that's where most of the the free ranging is, ha- is happening so a lot of that's got to be other counties in either east texas north texas west texas that have high fence ranches but as okay. far as free range populations uh anything anything in the hill country or the northern part of south texas tends to have some some type of population of axis deer the low, low low fence free range axis deer some of them are more dense than others in fact i talked to a good buddy of mine uh, nylon falkenberg who's a real talented biologist and ranch manager as yesterday as a matter of fact and, and he even said he said in parts like uh, rock spring sonora um, and around that specific area some there's a lot of ranches where the axis deer actually outnumber the whitetails potentially so yeah and and it's funny too not 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 funny in a good way but it's ironic that they're an invasive species and uh and we can get more into the you know the habitat and uh, food sources and stuff later too but um i mean axis deer can live on things that and they can digest things that whitetails can't um like a lot more grasses and types of weeds that um whitetails can't really survive on um that so you know whenever whenever whitetails tends to tend to struggle sometimes during droughts and other things there are, there are ways that those axis deer tend to tend to still survive and thrive a little bit better than whitetails in some of those areas. Okay, that makes a lot of sense then because like I was saying, like Arizona, you know, there's there's been very little rain out there, and what's what is growing doesn't look edible, or at least I wouldn't think that like a whitetail would be eating it. I could see maybe a goat or you know some sort of goat species eating it, but that makes sense now. And uh, but man, like axis as far as like body size and weight, they can be especially the males. Um, 
I mean, what would you say? Pretty average, two hundred to two hundred and fifty pounds, be pretty good for like a mature axis buck. I on on a healthy property under right conditions, I would say so. Yeah, there are there. there the last couple of years have been tough on the hill country in South Texas. The yeah. drought's been horrible, and I, and all the animals out there are suffering from that. But they've had some die offs, and and the ones that are living are they're, they're a little lighter weight man than than they than they have been. Uh, during those healthy years, but I, you know, they, they can range anywhere from the, from the, you know, just under 200 pounds, maybe 175 ish range on the, on the light end, but a good, healthy, um, you know, mature deer that is, um, you know, that's, that's got a real good diet behind them, especially on a ranch where they're feeding, if they're feeding protein and putting out alfalfa yeah. or um, food plots and things, or if the rain's just really good, shoot, man, those things can get up to two, 250 or 300 in some cases. Nope. And I've heard of, and I've seen, I've seen hanging deer with a scale that they are legit 300 plus deer. And I'm thinking, whoa, I haven't seen one, but, but they're out there. So. Yeah, no, that would be that would be awesome because Axis is one of my favorite venisons to eat. Um, don't get me wrong, I like an oryx, I like elk, I like black buck, but there's just something about an Axis deer. I love it. I absolutely love it. I'll kill whitetails here in Virginia and uh, Pennsylvania, and I'll get them butchered, and, and I just give them away because I know at some point I'm coming to Texas, and we're going to stock the freezer with Axis deer, and especially with my group. I mean, me, April, and now all three kids are hunting, and uh, it's it, we, you know, we're going to get at least five Axis in the freezer every year. So I'm uh, I'm all about that Axis deer. Yeah, you bet, buddy. I couldn't agree with you more. I heard that there's uh, some other meats that will rival it, like Neil Guy, Oryx, which which you can attest to. But um, but but I've heard that Axis deer um, is as good as any of it. And and in my experience, compared to whitetail, wild hog, ducks, anything like that, there's to me there's nothing that's even close. I mean, when my wife is begging me to go shoot more Axis deer because we're out of steaks, you know they're dang good. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and you know I. I'm not sure exactly what all what all is uh, it, you know makes up the the way that their meat tastes, but uh, but I've heard a lot of theories. I tend to agree with it that it's got to have something to do with their with their diet, just because they are such grass eaters, kind of like elk. They're they're, they're grazers, you know. Yeah. That's that that is that's a primary. I think up to eighty percent of of tested stomach matter in um, in deer ha- has been made up of of grasses and weeds. So, and, and I have to think, well, you know, if grass fed beef is really good and it tastes amazing, you know, it kind of, it kind of works the same way. Whereas you've got whitetails and a lot of other animals that they, they eat a lot more of that browse and uh, woody type material, um, you know, uh, twigs and things like that, leaves and whatnot. Um, their, their meat just tastes a little bit different. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That really does. So out of, all the axis deer that you've killed over the years, does one hunt in particular stand out more so than the other? Does one, do you favor one versus the other? You know, thus far, my favorite hunt is probably, if I had to pick one, it's probably got to be my Rock Springs hunt last year, which which is is actually the most recent hunt I was on. So maybe maybe that's why, maybe it's the freshest in my mind, but um, that, that was just a great experience. It was a short trip. It was only a two and a half day trip. Uh, I went with El Sapo Guide Service, Brandon Blanche. Um, he's a great friend of mine and a really good customer of mine as well. Um, just an amazing, amazing 
person and, and the properties he's got. So it, the, 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 the fact that we, uh, you can't go more than three or four minutes without seeing an animal somewhere, like n- no matter where you were, even outside the ranch, you know, even in town, we were seeing animals. It, it, it was, it was insane. So um, that, that was, that was fun. So it kept me entertained for sure. But I learned a lot on that trip too, just about, the pursuit of a spot and stock. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a white tail guy. I tell everybody I'm, I, I'm, I'm technically not an axis expert. I, I'm, I'm not going to ever admit that. Even if people want to call me that they, they can say that all they want. I'm not going to agree with them, but I am, I'm a white tail guy. I grew up white tail hunting. Um, I fell in love with axis deer, um, you know, as a, as a grown man, I was in, in my early thirties, but I, um, the, the more I chased them, the more I realized I really wasn't that great at it. I was a pretty good whitetail hunter, but I mean, the axis deer is a whole different, I mean, I, I'd say it's kind of funny. It's part of our tagline. I'm going to get some t-shirts made one day with a, with a, with a tag on others. It's a whole, it's a different animal. Cause it really is. Yeah. They're just their habits, their diet, their, their habitat, the way that they travel in herds, the, you know, they're even their, their, their movement patterns, like they're 80% of their activity is during the day. It's not a, they're not a nighttime animal generally. So, um and the hotter it is the more they move i mean you talk about that's complete opposite of our normal texas whitetail so um yeah i i I had a lot to learn about them so that's awesome you actually you you know you you made a very good point i think that one of the reasons why they are so much different to hunt is they do they are a herd animal and i can attest to this because in 2016 i was in kerrville and max duncan is a friend of mine and he used to own the rock quarry just outside of kerrville and uh we were we had permission to go in and hunt and we set up a blind and we had put out a bunch of alfalfa and i had my 308 and the alfalfa was out around like 100 yards and these deer we you know we knew they were going to be coming in and like every day they would come out of the thicket work their way through the quarry and then go down to a green field down uh behind us and so we set up kind of to intersect them but we wanted to basically grab their attention long enough to figure out which one we were going to shoot and um my buddy ted was with me and a, a guy named joe was there and uh this i don't know she was the lead doe i mean she was the first doe that came out and she picked us out like from the very beginning and i mean we didn't brush in i mean we were in a rock quarry we didn't really have you know we were in a ground blind and um you know hindsight's 2020 we wouldn't do that again but we thought we would be fine but with so many eyes that i mean which she was the first one but she came out she was on alert in the entire herd just like i mean they locked up and they stayed over on the neighbor wouldn't come out and i mean we're talking 400 yards away from us and i'm like you gotta be kidding me and so they skirted us went out to that green field and then the next morning you know they they made their way back and everything but so the next evening we're like all right we're gonna leave the ground blind where it's at we're gonna go where they skirted us well at this point i guess they got comfortable with the ground blind because then they come out 500 yards away from us back where our ground blind was and uh we made a move on them and it was everything i could do to just compose myself to make a shot and i ended up missing and it was like it was devastating because that was the second year that i'd hunted them the first year i hunted them i didn't even get a chance to make a shot 
because I was trying to be pretty picky. I wanted, you know, I wanted a mature uh, buck. And uh, are they bucks or stags? I, I personally call them bucks. Okay. I think the stag term kind of comes from some of the other countries. I We've got some followers that are from Australia and, you know, we get some contributions from different countries and stuff. And I've heard that term more over there than, than here. Yeah. I, I call them bucks. Yeah. So that's what I, I was holding out for a mature buck. And that first year <clears throat> never really got within a, a comfortable shooting distance. And then that second year I missed one. I went my third year and I had a couple chances at shooting some like high 20 inch, maybe low 30 inch bucks. And I'm like, that's really not what I'm after. And uh, finally on my fourth year of hunting them, I killed a 34 and a half. And then I killed that same day, actually later that same day, I ended up killing another buck. And uh, that was just by happenstance. We were out doe hunting at that point. And, uh, he had uh, five points on his left side and three on his right. And, and so what made him so unique is the five points on that left side. And, you know, most your typical axis deer has three on each side. And so he was five and three. And so I couldn't not shoot him. And uh, so that was actually on mine. <laughs> you were obligated at that point. Yeah, I mean, um, <laughs> what, was, what was so funny and what, what makes that hunt so unique is it was our anniversary. And April was oh, with so me. Cool. And, uh, you know, she was just tagging along. She wasn't hunting because she'd already, she killed a hard-antlered axis two months prior to that. And she shot, I'm sorry, she killed a velvet axis two months prior but she shot a hard antlered one with her 30-06 dropped him me and you talked about this earlier she dropped him and we high five celebrated i mean he was all but gutted at this point and went at dark we went up to get him and he was gone and we're like what the heck so the next day we looked for him and couldn't find him and uh, just a few drops of blood where she shot him and that was it and uh so, you know, here we are two months later on our anniversary riding around and uh, the hill country. I already killed an, an axis that morning and uh, we were out trying to kill some axis does and this, you know, just unique five by threes there. And I'm like, April, you need to take, take a look at him and, you know, maybe you shoot him. And she's like, no, I'm fine. And she wouldn't look at him. And I'm like all right, well, I'm going to shoot him. Well, after I shoot him, she sees him and she's like, I should have shot him. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> you knew that was going to happen. <laughs> I did. And, but at the same time, it was definitely worth getting in trouble over that one. <laughs> oh yeah, you bet. Well, you get to celebrate together, right? Yeah. It's an anniversary gift. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it, it's funny. You, you touched on how, how they picked you off. So, so easily there there's, if you YouTube any of this stuff, you can see tons of these things, but there's a video. One of uh, some buddies of mine, um, TO outfitters, um, Bryce and Austin over there, they've got a video, um, of one of their recent hunts. I think it was sometime from last year on YouTube. And um, one one of the scenes was that they, these guys were sitting at a ground blind bow hunting axis deer in the, in the summer, and it was like it was crazy hot out there in the middle of the day. And there's whitetails out there just chomping away at, at the feeder. And there's one axis buck that just peeks out of the brush, and it's I mean these these whitetail deer are just as cool and calm as can be. And that white till I mean that that axis deer didn't he didn't even come out completely he just peeked his head out of the brush a little bit and as soon as those front legs cleared that brush he he looked up nose to the air 
he knew something was wrong and he took off like a bolt of lightning and those white tail are just like what the heck's going on and they just look around they just keep on eating and and i've heard stories of, that, of like that happen all the time where there's just, they've got this insane ability to 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 just comprehend something or in their environment that other animals just don't get it's yeah. in i've seen it too and i've heard way too many stories about that happening um, where you just you, you you've got to be next level stealthy to be able to chase those things. You just got to be ready to do that. Yeah, and you know, and I think it's like a species thing because it, you know, in whitetails, you'll see you know the more mature, the more alert type of scenario. But we were in fret or comfort at Chance's Ranch, and uh, he has a, a little over a hundred acres free range, and. At the feeder, so it was me and my buddy David, and then we had my daughters Ava and Zoe in there with us. And Ava and Zoe both had their guns and tripods, and you know were their axis deer hunting. Same ranch that me and April had both killed our big axis, and uh, you know free range, so you don't know what you're going to see at this point. And we had a bunch of whitetails at the feeder. And they're just eating, carrying on, and then they're kind of milling off and, you know, not don't even give a crap about us. We're sitting 101 yards away from the feeder. Out comes this little axis doe, and she's all by herself. She makes it halfway to the feeder and stops and looks right at us. And I'm like, what the crap? You know, and Ava, she's <laughs> chomping at the bit to shoot her because she wants she hadn't killed an axis yet. And uh, I'm like, just just wait. Like, this is the farm that me and Mommy both killed really big access box on. There's a chance that we might see something. Just just hang on. And then this, uh, you know, she finally makes her way to the feeder. But the whole time she's on edge. And finally, I'm like, all right, if you want to shoot her, go ahead and shoot her. Because I didn't want her to spook and run off. And then, you know, I told Ava not to shoot her. And then she's mad at me type of scenario. So she shot her and... She got her, and then uh, we didn't see any more deer after that. But I was—I told my buddy David, I'm like, isn't that crazy that, like, this yearling, you know, a year-and-a-half-old doe comes out, doesn't know anything, you know, really. And we had all these whitetails varying in ages, and they didn't care about us. But this year-and-a-half-old deer come, axis comes out and just picks us out and, like, doesn't like us being there. And I was like, man, this is it's next level it really is and so when i see guys especially bow hunters when they have that you know trophy harvest picture and i'm like that is like top notch when it comes to killing an axis deer i mean I've, every axis i've killed i've killed with a rifle i've only killed two um but it's like it's on my list to actually go bow hunt a free range axis deer and it may take me a while. I know spear hunting takes me forever to kill an animal, so I'm sure bow hunting ain't gonna be any different when it comes to axis deer. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I know a lot of people who do it pretty often and do it very well, and they're successful at it. But there's definitely a level of skill there. I, I'm a bow hunter too. I love archery, uh, but man, it's one of those deals where those 50 yard shots you might be and people do it don't get me wrong people kill them at 70 yards in hawaii and stuff like that across plains i, I see a lot of that but man they can i mean any animal can move a lot and yeah. during the flight of an arrow but those axis deer they, they are truly a, they're like ninjas it, it's crazy compared to some other animals um they can they can you know do a full 180 
uh, spin before an arrow gets there. Yeah. Um, so you can, you, you can, you know, to miss them is bad, but to wound them is worse. And you could, you could do that really easy. If you're not careful, I would, I would highly recommend trying to get as close as you can just to, just to mitigate that, uh, that potential movement during that arrow flight yeah. for sure. But you can do it. Heck yeah. We can talk about shot placement too, but that's another thing too. I've, I know a lot of bow hunters, including myself, they try to stay away from that shoulder bone um, just just to make sure you're getting good penetration with your arrow. But um, I know a lot of a lot of good archery axis hunters that they they still they would still rather put it uh, in the low part of the shoulder, even even if you have to break through a bone and not get as much penetration, just because those vitals are shifted forward yeah. a little bit compared to a whitetail. Yeah. So, Absolutely. So have you killed one with a bow yet? No, I haven't. No, okay. no, but, but, but I'm like you, that's, that, that'll be on my list. I'm sure one of these days I'll, uh, that, that, that I'm sure in a few years I'll probably get the itch and make that my next, um, my next run on the ladder. Yeah. So that's yeah. April's thing. She is a, like our first couple trips to Texas. She took her rifle, but now the last couple that we've been on, she takes her bow and she killed a, a fallow buck um, in Fredericksburg here this past February. And her, her goal, like, I mean, since she started hunting, she loved archery hunting more than rifle hunting. And I'm like, I get it because I love to bow hunt myself. And I actually started hunting with a recurve last year. But if I'm going to drive all the way to Texas, you know, it's a 24 hour drive for us. I'm going to make sure I'm coming home with some meat. And so for me, I take the rifle, you know, but I feel like it's coming to where, you know, we've been down there. We've, we've knocked a bunch of animals off the exotic list. And so it's coming to where I would love to get a black buck and an axis with my bow. And I think it would be really unique to maybe mount them together on some sort of pedestal. And like, that's my, you know, the, uh, the next level of uh, of archery hunting for me would be them two because one a black buck not that we're going to cover a whole lot about them but I mean a mature black buck's what about 100 pounds 120 pounds maybe and uh, and, and maybe I'm wrong in that but uh, at least that's what I've seen and I mean they're tiny and man they can they say spring up in the air like couple feet no problem so jumping your string i feel like would be pretty easy when it comes to black buck mm-hmm. oh yeah I, and again i've never shot a black buck either so you're, you're probably you know from experience you're, you're maybe not asking the right guy about that one but but i have i have been around a lot of people who know those species well and i think that they would probably agree with you yeah. they uh they're 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 as agile or maybe even more so than an axis deer just because they're smaller and lighter and they're, they're built for speed they just are so but at the same time people do it i mean people people kill a lot of black buck every year with with archery gear yeah. so hey i say go for it you know absolutely and that's one thing that like i love about texas and i talk about it all the time is like right now you're getting ready in two days you're going on a deer hunt i can't deer hunt in virginia until you know mid-september i believe it is we have an early antlerless season but our actual deer season doesn't come in until october you know you can go out you can hog hunt you can go out and you can exotic deer hunt or exotic animal hunt and i think that's awesome and it's just you know within a few hours to you know right down the road for you and i think that's really cool 
Well, I, yeah, I, I agree with you, and I appreciate you saying. I take that as a compliment being a being a native Texan, but it's not. Uh, you know, I I, I I fell into that one. Uh, uh, you know, but yeah, it's it's nice for sure. I mean, we focus hardcore on whitetails October through uh, the beginning of January uh, at our place, but after that, it's it's kind of open season for whatever else. And I, it, it, it's funny. I, I think about I think about exotic species a lot, and I think about animals like an axis deer specifically and a lot of them are this way but i just tend to be drawn to that species they, they kind of look like a magnet or something they just draw me in but number one they're beautiful to look at you know their their antlers are huge their spotted coats are beautiful um they're real mysterious in the way that they can breed year-round they don't follow a specific cycle the way uh, whitetails do so their rut is actually between may and july generally i mean they they can breed in december and january too so just depending on the individual deer um but man there's just a lot of things i hate to say it, but there's a lot of things going against them <laughs> because they're delicious yeah they're beautiful so everybody wants them on their wall um and you can chase them 365 days a year 24 hours a day you can even hunt them with thermals at night if you want to if that's your thing so there's a they're an invasive species and you know, like we were talking earlier, uh, they actually they actually outcompete a lot of whitetails in their their home ranges um, just because there's not enough groceries to go around for them, and they breed year round. They can have up to one to three, sometimes more fawns a year because they can get bred multiple times in the same year. Yep. Um, they don't multiply the way hogs do, thank goodness. But at the same time, they I mean, we it's one of those deals where you, if you take a look at Hawaii specifically, they've got some major problems over there because they don't have predators. The only predators are humans. Yeah. So if you're if they're not out there hunting them, literally the animals are starving themselves to death because there's just not enough food to go around. Yeah. They're they're gonna multiply no matter what. So I mean the only the fittest survive out there and it's the same thing here. So and we we care a lot about our whitetails too, so we got to keep those guys healthy. And uh, I, you know, hey, it's a, it's a, it's just a part of reality. We got to take some access out to make that happen. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's good for everybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's definitely become one of my favorite animals to hunt. And this year, seeing Zoe and Ava both get an access deer, and uh, you know, normally because of Ava's age, she's knocked animals off the list a lot sooner than Zoe, but Zoe is, she's on a roll. Um, this year she killed, uh, I believe it was three whitetails in Virginia. I have to double check that or no, I think it was three whitetails total counting her whitetail in, uh, Texas. Yeah. So she killed three whitetails this year and then she killed an axis deer as well. And, uh, you know, she killed a black buck last year, whereas Ava killed a black buck two years ago. But Zoe is catching up quickly to Ava, and they both killed an axis deer the same. Actually, Zoe killed hers two days before Ava did, and uh, so they're getting, they're both getting mounted. They're going to be on the wall here probably next year at this time, and it's really cool to see my kids not only share their love for hunting, but they love to hunt axis deer now, and you know, we spent a lot of time with Zoe, um, to get her deer. And so we were hunting a specific deer. And that was one thing that really made this hunt challenging because one, we had a five-year-old and then two, we were hunting a very specific buck. And we had a couple bucks that were very nice that I was like, 
hey chance how about we let her shoot that one and chance was like we are vested in this buck we have we've we've put in like some serious footsteps we're gonna make sure she gets this buck i'm not you're not leaving texas until she does and i'm like oh i gotta be back to work in like a week so she better shoot him soon (laughs) and uh yeah but we had a phenomenal trip down there to where you know ava was still getting a hunt and she killed a fallow deer while we were down there in the process of hunting for this specific axis buck and it was on the fourth day i believe it was of hunting this buck zoe shot him at 80 yards with a 6.5 prc and he ran 40 yards and fell over dead and it was like you know i've got a picture of her and you know she's five years old i think she's only like 40 inches tall maybe 42 inches tall and she's trying to hold up the his this buck by his antlers and his antlers like go up past her and she can barely get his head off the ground and it's just i'm like this, <laughs> this is the coolest thing ever and i've said it plenty of times and i'm sure maybe you've experienced this too with your kids but like if I never kill another animal, I'll be fine because I'm running around with them, watching them, the joy and their passion is growing for this. And it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm content just doing this for the rest of my life. You bet. Now I couldn't agree with you more. I've got a, I've got two kids and uh, my, my daughter has killed her first deer a couple of years ago. And, um, this past year, we, we all kind of struck out on our place. It wasn't the greatest season, but yeah, that was, that was the most memorable day of, in the field I've ever had is just watching her and her excitement. I still remember after the fact, she had some tears welling up in her eyes when we, when we drug the deer out and we're taking pictures and stuff. And she said, this is better than, than better, better than my birthday. And I thought, man, that is, that, that, that tells you something That's so because awesome. whenever she's 11 now and she was, I think she was nine then. So um, yeah, I mean, for her to say it was better than her birthday uh, spoke volumes to me. That made me feel really good to be a part of that. Absolutely. I love that. I really do. Well, Trey, I really appreciate you coming on today and we're definitely going to have to have you come back and especially after your, your hunt here. And we definitely got to hear about how that goes, hear about the performance of those bullets and uh, maybe talk more about some other axis uh, things as far as, you know, diets and habitat and things like that. But for now, I think we have definitely given the listeners a lot to chew on and lots to think about and some really good information. So I do appreciate it. Heck yeah. No, it's my pleasure to be here and hopefully we'll get to follow up in a few weeks and I'll give you a recap on this hunt that I've got coming up in Sonora and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll chat about the experience there and share a few more stories. Absolutely, Trey. I do appreciate you. I really do. I loved your stories and I definitely loved hearing about your daughter's first year and you know what that means to her and what that means to you. And, you know, it's uh, it's amazing that we get to share the outdoors with our family. Amen, brother. I couldn't agree with you more. God, God is good and he creates these beautiful things for us. We might as well go take the time to enjoy them. Absolutely. God is good. Absolutely. If any of our listeners wanted to reach out to you on social media, what would be the best way for them to contact you? Uh, you could you could find me at, at Axis Addict on Instagram and at Axis Addict on Facebook. Uh, the, the, the both pages feed into each other, so you can see the same content either way, whichever you prefer. And you can also check out the website. There's merch on there, and there's some information as well about us and the family and everything. Too. That's just AxisAddict.com. Perfect. That's awesome. And 
to all of our listeners, this has been this has been great. Um, we're we're already into our second year here with the podcast, and you know we got great guests like Trey coming on, and it's phenomenal to be able to share stories and hunting stories that have meaning and purpose behind them, and to be able to share God with you all. We just we thank you and we love you, and to all of our listeners, keep hunting and keep doing what God calls you to do. Thank you for listening to Hunting Day with Stephen Robbins. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe. If you'd like to follow, you can find Stephen on Instagram at Stephen Hunt Day and Facebook at Stephen Robbins HD. If you'd like to reach Stephen, you can email him at stephen.huntingday at gmail.com.